Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,121. I like to break a big project. We all want to see the final product, but I like to break it into small mini projects. And it's kind of like, kind of like eating an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tom Perazzo. Hey, Tom, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir. Buckled up and ready to roll. All right. Tom Perazzo is a Porsche enthusiast who enjoys wrenching on old cars as much as he loves driving them. His passion to share his enthusiasm spurred him to launch a YouTube channel he calls Ah Garage Time, where he shares his car restoration tips and tricks geared towards do-it-yourselfers. Tom has designed and manufactured a handful of car-related products that support his ongoing restoration addiction, which include VW Porsche engine test stands, custom Porsche 356 tow boards, and some rust repair parts. After tackling a Porsche 356 restoration, he drove into a Porsche 911 and, ah, garage time, became a weekly restoration vlog. Cars don't need to be a money pit if you're willing to learn to do it yourself, and as well as we all know, the journey is often more fun than the destination. So, Tom, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your YouTube channel, and a very obvious passion for working and playing with cars. Yes. Thank you, Mark, for the opportunity to be on your show today. And I'm very honored to share my passion with you and your audience, because at the end of the day, I'm just an avid hobbyist working out of my home garage, you know, restoring cars. And I'm very fortunate. I feel very lucky to be doing it. You know, for whatever reason, I just seem to be attracted to projects, you know, cars that need lots of work. And for me, no, that's the fun part. That's where I really enjoy the quest and the challenge and coming up with new methods. You know, sometimes it's a new tool, a handmade tool or a clever method to restore a part. This is what I like to do. I don't have access to a lot of the expensive specialized equipment that some of the specialized shops have. So for me, I just want to share my experience for the typical DIYer. And along the way, I've, I've made a few parts that I, I sell to subsidize my car projects. But in general, they're there to help the community. And over the years, I've been quite successful building engine test stand products that allow guys to diagnose and troubleshoot their engines outside the car. Plus, I make a few Porsche parts, like you mentioned. But recently, I started a YouTube channel, and that seems to be gaining some steam. It's where I share some secrets on how I'm restoring my own 911 on just a shoestring budget. And it's a lot of fun. Um, it's really there to inspire other people that have the same sort of enthusiasm that I do and just to get out and build something especially the younger crowd who seems to be sort of losing things, uh, interest of all things mechanical. So, so far it's been a, it's been a really fun ride. Well, I'm really happy with what you're doing and that's why I love sharing your story because you're a bit of a entrepreneur, I guess, in one way, because uh, this is a hobby for you, but you're evolving it into a business. And I think the best part of what you're doing, Tom, is you're giving back to people. You're offering uh, through YouTube a free service, basically, uh, to what to viewers at least uh, a way for them to uh, do it themselves and learn how to do it themselves and learn how to have some fun. I enjoy watching your vlog and going, ah, oh, I never thought about that or things that I never thought I could tackle 
you give me the sense that maybe I should tackle them and give them a try. So appreciate what you're doing. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Tom, take the wheel. Yeah, I think for me, you know, on a daily basis, as it relates to cars, it's, you know, when there's a will, there's a way and it's only metal. Um, you know, what that means for me is I, I typically, you know, I don't encourage guys to just start hacking into their classic car with, you know, torches and saws, but, you know, to start by, by making a plan. And that's, that's really where the will part of the mantra comes in. I like to break a big project. We all want to see the final product, but I like to break it into small mini projects. And it's kind of like, kind of like eating an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. <laughs> oh yeah. I do lots of research. I love that saying. <laughs> yeah. Because it's my projects, like I said earlier, are just are, are huge, huge projects. And if you don't break them down into small pieces, it becomes daunting. But I do a lot of research. I pick a method that works for me. If I'm really confident, I'll sometimes devise my own plan. I always practice first before I start just cutting away. I remember in the beginning, you know, I was restoring a Porsche 356 and I was I was just so afraid to cut into it. It had a lot of rust that needed to be repaired. But as I would work on small inconspicuous areas, just one piece at a time, I started to get more and more confident. And now I am ready just to dive right in and, and share my story. So, you know, you, you have to be safe and you have to think about the unintended consequences when you're really cutting into a car like that. But as long as you have a will and you have a plan and you work the plan, then usually good things come out of it. I sometimes find myself, Absolutely. you know, sometimes I'll just be dreaming about a difficult repair. And, and I think about it so often. This is where the passion is. I'll be dreaming about this stuff. So when it comes to the day to actually execute the plan, I feel like I've already thought about most of the things that could go wrong or could go right. So I try to do a lot of research and, and, and really get into it. But it, in, in the end of the day, metal is pretty forgiving and it, it allows yourself to to learn a new skill and have fun doing it. Inspiring confidence. That's what you do best. Now, you and I are Porsche guys. We both love Porsches. As my listeners know, I'm a big fan. So I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew you were indeed a car guy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, it, it really starts at a pretty young age. I mean, I think I was around eight or nine years old. Some of you and your listeners may remember the Sears wish book. It used to come around in the mail. It's a catalog that comes in the mail around Christmas time. And I remember breakfast as a kid and I would circle um, one page had a go-kart on it. And lo and behold, one year under the Christmas tree, this thing showed up. And I, I remember, you know, I was so excited. I remember driving that around in our backyard. We had a large backyard. It was quite spacious with a lot of dirt. And before you know it, I was counter steering, opposite lock, going around corners, just having the best time. And shortly thereafter, I also became interested in radio controlled cars at around the same age. And these cars were so technically advanced. I mean, even in the 80s, I really got into learning about how they work and why they work and how to set them up for racing. So I think before I was even able to drive or had a driver's license, I really had this passion for for cars. And you mentioned Porsche. Well, to me, my Porsche passion is really no different than driving a go-kart. I mean, these are simple cars. They're well-built with a purpose, and that's just to have fun. Absolutely. The Sears Christmas catalog. Oh, yeah. I remember getting those and circling all the things you hoped Santa would bring you and leaving them conspicuously open around the house. So, quote-unquote, Santa might see them, if you will. But uh, 
You yep. were a lucky guy to get a go-kart. Yeah, my na- my neighbor friends and I had to make a go-kart, and I did not have a big backyard, so we were driving it up and down the street and, of course, annoying all the neighbors and uh, probably uh, driving it down the street into some areas that we shouldn't have been driving it, but uh, those go-karts were quite fun, so very oh, cool. Oh, yeah. uh, still still saying sorry to the neighbor's father whose uh, Briggs & Stratton engine we stole off of his lawnmower to, <laughs> to power our go-kart. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, Tom, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Maybe it was in launching this YouTube. Maybe it's in trying to figure all this out. I don't know, but take us to a point in time where you were challenged and uh, tell us what that experience taught you. Yeah, the, the nice thing about you know my passion is it's, it's really, for me, mostly a hobby. And I, I love all the technical challenges. And I, it's, I always seem to find a way to, to persevere. And for me, I try to do so in a high standard. You know, probably the biggest challenge for me is listening to the naysayers. There's people that say, you know, why is this taking so long? Or, you know, I got my car painted for a couple hundred dollars. You know, what's your problem? And, you know, these are friends, but they're not necessarily car friends. And they they just don't seem to get it sometimes. So sometimes I just have to smile and say, well, you know, this is going to be done when it's done. And I'll just keep working on it. And and that's how I should spend my time. I um, mean, you know, I'm socializing with people all over the world who are doing the same thing. And for me, it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's it's kind of like I think golf is a good analogy because it's no different than you know hitting that little white ball with a stick and then saying, well, how come you haven't hit a hole in one yet? <laughs> yeah, you try hitting this ball with a stick. Yeah, it's a difficult and in, in long term challenge. And I always use this cliche where you know you you have a sort of triangle where you have the corners are labeled. You know, you can have it fast, you can have it inexpensive, and you can have it high quality. And you can only pick two. And for me, my method is is certainly on the high quality side, and, but inexpensive. So alternatively, that means it's not fast, and and sometimes it's difficult for my non friends to 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 get that. And that could be a challenge sometimes to to get this project finished to the finish line. I want to do it my way, and I want to do it at a high quality way. So I think that's really the summary of my challenge. It's 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 kind of like golf. Yeah. You spend your whole career and not hit a hole in one. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people these days, uh, there are ways to put yourself out there doing vlogs, doing blogs, doing podcasts, I mean, whatever it might be. And then they meet up with the naysayers, as I call them, uh, people who are trying to tell them that what they're doing is wrong or give their personal opinions, which sometimes are accurate, sometimes maybe they're not. And this is a good subject to, to maybe go a little further on. What is your opinion or what's your experience, I should say, even better? of dealing with people who are maybe, uh, I won't say picking on you, but let's just use that term right now that, well, what you're doing is wrong. You know, just take it to Earl Scheib and paint the car and be done with it. Um, what What's a good way you found to uh, positively interact with these folks that are kind of picking on you a little bit? Because it's going to happen when you put yourself out there. Believe me, it's going to happen. Uh, and, and to do it in a dignified way. Are there any little tips and tricks you might offer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get... Lots of you know feedback. Number one, I, I, people will will remind me of of safety. You know, sometimes I'm I'm right now I'm in the phase of doing a lot of welding, and I'm pretty focused on the outcome and what the car is going to look like and and how to get this particular piece put in correctly. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, you know, I, I typically do a lot of TIG welding, and I'll be wearing a glove on one hand but not the other, or it's not the right glove, mm-hmm. or you know, so people oh, yeah. will like to be the you know I call them the the Monday morning kind of racers, they like to be the ones who want to be the know-it-all. So for the know-it-alls, I like to interact with them, 
and be part of the community, but I also, you know, hope to to keep them sort of focused on on what the product is supposed to be. Um, and I and I do a lot of things in an unconventional way. As I mentioned, I I don't have big punch presses and things that um, the the professional shops do. So so the way I do it is pretty different. And I like to show the methods I use because they're something that anyone can do at home in their own garage. Um, I use a lot of hammers. I've taken parts of mine to the beach and I've formed metal shapes for the nose of my my 911, for instance. I formed some of that stuff at the beach and I'm using the sand and I'm using just a lot of different methods that are pretty unconventional. And for the most part, the response has been pretty positive. But some people just mm-hmm. want to shake their heads and say, well, you know, you, can <laughs> well, just, you should just write a check for this and, and drive away into the sunset. But for me, I, I really like the challenging aspects of of how to get it done, um, do the research and, and make it work for myself. Yeah, well, uh, I think for some of those folks, they're missing the point of what you're trying to do. It's kind of like saying, well, why'd you bother driving to another state? Why don't you just fly? It's a lot quicker. It's like, well, the drive is part of the journey, the fun. It's getting there, not so much the destination, as I mentioned in your introduction. So, uh, yeah, that can be a challenge. So I always start when uh, I deal with that with a thank you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your email. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, just be as brief as that because you know you're never going to win the argument. Uh, that's for sure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call kind of a pivot, kind of an aha moment in what you were doing, a, a time maybe when you went, oh, okay, I'm on the right path here. Yeah, the, the last time I've I've really had a full-time job was was about 12 years ago. And I've been a product development freelancer ever since. And one of the products I designed first was this engine test stand for Porsche and Volkswagen. And I've sold a few of those with with good feedback. And I thought, you know, maybe this is an aha moment. Maybe, maybe I could do more of this and maybe I could make some more automotive products. And since then I've designed and developed several new products for clients and myself. And it's the automotive ones that for me are the most exciting. And it allows me the flexibility to have a unique schedule. I could spend time with my family in addition to working on my own project cars. So for me, it's really having the the guts to just go out and, and develop products and, and see if someone will buy them. And I've been lucky enough to have some success there. Yeah, it's really fun. I spent 20 plus years at uh, Grio's Garage and one of the many hats I wore there was product development all the way back to the early days when the company was starting and developing product lines and things. And nothing is more exciting than doing all the work, developing a product, putting it out to market, and then it sells. And then you get positive feedback. And it, it is so exciting because people don't see as all the work that leads up to that. It's it's an incredible amount of work. And when finally somebody gets it in their hands and says, hey, this is really cool, what you what you created here uh, feels really good. So kudos to you for going through that process because it's it's not easy. It's expensive. It's time consuming. And it's fraught with failure because when you, you can do all that work and then the whole thing completely fails, like, oh, this isn't going to work or the market just isn't ready for it. It's in the wrong timing, whatever that might be. Preston Tucker comes to mind. Uh, you know, he brought a car to the market that was kind of ahead of its time. Um, yeah. and, uh, all the other factors. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I do that with clients all the time. You know, people come with, with ideas and, and big, big, uh, you know, big eyes and, uh, you know, getting it done is expensive. It's time consuming. It's a little bit like a car restoration project <laughs> and they don't always, yeah. know the beginning, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's worth it if you can persevere and, and just have the stick to to, to see it through. 
Yeah, and listen to those consumers too, because they can offer some really good insights on how to improve the product along the way. So uh, again, kudos to you for bringing some things to market. That is not easy. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. That first car you got that had great meaning for you and maybe share a memory you have about that car. Yeah, I already mentioned the go-kart, which uh, you know, still to this day, <laughs> I, I have very fond memories of. And I think back to my, you know, my, my first car was a Volkswagen Bug. I really enjoyed that car. Today, I have the, the Porsche 356. It's a little bit like the glorified bug that I, I first owned. Oh, yeah. If I had, could have that car back, I would love to. For me, it's mostly about the memories of the places I went and the, the things we did and the friends that were with me at the time. So that bug was my favorite car because it was the first one and all the freedom that comes along with driving and, and getting out and doing new things. Well, they were cool cars because they're so easy to work on. What year was your bug? I had a 67. Ah, I had a 67 Gia. In high school that I did a lot of work, restored that car, learned a lot of things about cars on that vehicle, uh, pulled the engine out a couple of times with a skateboard underneath yeah. it to <laughs> drop it on and, and pull it out. But uh, yeah, they're great fun cars. In 67, there's something special about that year. I don't know what it is, but wonderful year. Well, how about cars you've let go? Is there is that the car you really wish you had back or is there another one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, luckily for me, you know, knock on wood, I still have my first Porsche, the 356. I've had it for almost 20 years now, or over 20 years, actually. And so cross oh, wow. my fingers, I hate to sell that car. You know, after all the work and, and energy and thought that I put into that, I just, I could never uh, think about selling it. It would be like like selling a kid. And <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I still have that original go-kart that I had from the Sears catalog. Really? You still have it? Yeah, my dad was a was a car guy too. And, you know, as life changes and I was off to college and pursuing different life things, um, he was smart enough to take it apart and store it up in the attic. And uh, oh, nice. so he gave it to me as my kids were younger. So we were able to fix it up. <laughs> and so now we're doing like what you said earlier. We are terrorizing the neighborhood. We don't have yeah. a dirt, dirt road anymore, but uh, we still get it around and compete with the lawnmower noises. What fun. What fun. Well, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your YouTube page. Ah, that's A-A-H, Garage Time uh, is that uh, vlog. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more with our listeners about uh, what can they expect to see there? Um, yeah, just uh, here's here's a great time to kind of promote Agarot. Yeah, this was really started by me just to share my my techniques and methods. You know, I, I I'm restoring that my own 911. This is a car that I'm not trying to turn into a business. This is something that I'm I'm uh, keeping for myself, and it's it's really uh, going to be a, a mashup of of kind of all the best years. You know, I have a 356. It's it's highly original. It's stock and classy. And I wanted the 911 to be something different. So a little bit different uh, in terms of aggressiveness and in more track inspired or sort of a hot ride to speak. So I'm doing some, some modifications to it. It's early, early styling with some kind of late model drivetrain modifications, more modern suspension and brakes. And you know, you can check out the videos. I'm currently doing most of the metal work right now. I hope to have this car driving under its own power before 2018 ends, which is a little bit aggressive considering it's taken me, I think it's about four months now to get through the majority of the metal work. But this was a car that really needed a lot. I bought this car as a stripped out shell, which most car collector buyers will tell you not to do. Uh, I <laughs> I bought this car and I've been collecting the parts, which is also fun for me. 
over the course of about a year. So I had to replace the doors and, and find a deck lid and modify the hood. And I'm doing so inexpensively as possible. So for instance, the flares, I'm putting some flares on the back. It's a little bit sacrilegious for some Porsche purists, but you know, I felt like this was a blank canvas to me since this car had been wrecked in the past. It had been sat out in the Nevada desert for a long time. There's really nothing original to it. So I'm I'm really, like I said, taking the best of both of all years and applying them to the car. So I wanted it to be more of a track car. I am putting the RS flares on the back. Uh, rather than paying the, you know, Porsche prices for an RS flare, I've I've taken an, an SC flare and I've modified that to look like the RS flare and all the research that goes ah. over that, for instance, is on the YouTube channel. So if you're wondering what the differences are or if you're wondering how to go about doing that, that's exactly what I show in the videos. And it's highly technical. I'll, I'll, I'll tell your audience now. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, very technical. It's a lot of how to. So many car shows on TV, for instance, are all about the easy portions or the drama in the shop. And, you know, some guy is kind of bolting the wheels on. And I always tell myself, well, I love these shows, but I want to learn more. I want to know, you know, what sandpaper is being used between the primer and the paint or what is what is the uh, metal look like before the primer even goes on or, or what are the engine details? And so mm-hmm. I like to provide a lot more technical information in my videos and, and, and really guide people. And, and for some people it, it might be on the, on the, the, you know, watching paint dry sort of side. If you're not, if you're not <laughs> into, if you're not into that particular part of the restoration, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit too detailed, but for those of um, us that are doing restorations very similar to this, or even cars, in the same era, I think some of the methods and techniques do apply. Yeah, sounds like you're building a bit of an R group car, if you will, a yeah. hot rod, a outlaw. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very fun, very fun. Well, I can't wait to see as this thing progresses because I love those cars. I've had a lot of people on the show here, all the way from uh, the singer um, Rob Dickinson, who builds the ultimate R group car, I guess. Of course. Uh, you know, d- yeah, all the way down to at home guys or guys building kind of rough. Rough cars or even off-road touring-type Porsches, so uh, a whole breadth of different people. So love what you're doing. Can't wait to see how that car comes along. Here's a very introspective question, uh, kind of delves into the mind of Tom. If you were a vehicle, if you were manifested into a vehicle, what would you be and why? That's a good question. Um, for me, I think, you know, it's sort of the simpler the better. I like these vintage race cars, the lightweight, well-balanced cars. So for me. Mm-hmm. The 550 Spider, I mean, a little bit uh, predictable in that it's a Porsche, but the 550 Spider for me would be just the agile, purpose-built, perfect car. Um, and I, I would <laughs> strive to be that guy. Yeah, I love 550s. Oh, they're just awesome. I had a Beck Spider for a while, and I could never afford a real 550. And now, of course, there were two 550s that were sold during Car Week. Um, for some reason, my bid wasn't quite high enough on either of those cars. But uh, yeah, the 550. Yeah, what a wonderful car. Fantastic. Well, Tom, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. 
It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Tom, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think it's to build the car that you want to drive and enjoy. And, you know, don't worry about the resale value if you aren't going to ever sell it. Yep. Yeah. That way, uh, if you get stuck with it, you're stuck with something you like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very wise advice. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success along the way? Yeah, I just have that natural sort of inquisitive mind that wants to understand, you know, the the why and the how and the theory behind how things work. So, you know, it's easy to kind of follow the shock workshop manual instructions, but you know, these cars are are old and and the new parts are really unavailable now. In my opinion, in order to put these cars back into their original condition, they they have to, you have to understand the theory on, on how these things are supposed to work. So maybe it's a door that doesn't fit or a rocker arm that's out of tolerance or some suspension part that doesn't, that's binding or whatever. So rather than just applying just a really small band-aid fix to one of those small components, I like to apply a little bit of detective work and really understand how the system of components is meant to work together. And that has worked out well for me to to really spend the time to understand the car before you just just trying to apply a recipe to it. How about a resource? There are awesome resources, including yours, out there for people. Is there one you'd like to share? Yeah, there's there's several you know YouTubers that are are, are doing some great things, and this day and age, it's become kind of the go to resource for anyone who's looking to learn how to do anything. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the the YouTube channel. And it's usually necessary to, you know, watch a few different videos and, and take advice from each one and sort of find out what would work well for yourself. Because just because someone can fix a hole in their car with, you know, some newspaper or Bondo, it really doesn't mean, <laughs> that, doesn't really mean that we should do it too. So there's a lot of information out there. Just make sure, don't be afraid to ask a professional for their opinion. You know, never be afraid to ask. There's people 
all over the place, pick up the phone, visit a shop or a supplier or a contractor near you and just ask what they would do. That's usually what I find uh, is most useful in, in tackling a problem. Just make sure that you're getting information from multiple places. But YouTube is great. Are there a couple of YouTubers you're really fond of? Yes, I, I really enjoy, um, the, well, there's another Porsche guy, Home Built by Jeff, you might be familiar with. He's okay. probably one of the ones who inspired me the most to start the channel. Um, then there's, I like Jay Leno's Garage. I like Mighty Car Mods. I like uh, Bees for Build. I mean, all those guys are doing what they enjoy in their own their own way. I think my channel is yeah, a yeah. little bit different in terms of, like I mentioned, the the high quality and inexpensive approach. But there's other people who are doing the other parts of the triangle, which is you know fast and inexpensive or or uh, race cars. And so it, there's just a lot of information out there. I I really enjoy YouTube. Absolutely, I've learned a lot of things. Learned how to be a podcaster watching YouTube. So uh, <laughs> it's a cool way to learn a lot all sorts of stuff. You could probably become a brain surgeon watching YouTube. Well, maybe not that, but. Uh, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I think uh, for me, I would I would love to have a drink with the original owner of my Porsche 356. I mean, I I would love to know all the stories about the car, you know, where it's been, why they bought it. I mean, I think it would be a really fun time. Probably a lot of drinks yeah. would be consumed. It'd be a really long night, hopefully. But uh, to have the history of that car and meet that original owner for me would be would be something I would literally look forward to. Yeah, that would be cool. Now, is there a book you've read you think our listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, one of the books that's uh, on my list is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And um, this is mm, a book that yeah. really describes, it's a lot of philosophy in that book. But for me, I resonated well with the the description of technology and the method, kind of a scientific method and the theory of how things work and why you need to understand how things work to be able to apply it in your everyday life or in your everyday project. So for me, that book uh, really was close to my heart and my methods. Robert Persig is the author of that book. My son gave me that book, and it was nothing like what I thought it was going to be like when I started reading it. Very philosophical, of yeah. course, but a fantastic book to have in your library. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources Thomas shared on his Cars Yeah! show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Tom Perazzo, P-E-R-A-Z-Z-O, into the search bar, and that page will pop up, I should say, with all these great links. All right, Tom, we're up to the last question here, and this one can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter what it is, but there's a couple rules. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage. I'm going to let you keep the Porsche you're working on, because we'll kind of push that aside. I don't want to put you out of business, because you've <laughs> got to be able to share what you're doing with people. But this is something... uh Unique and special. Um, like I said, money's no object, but you have to drive the car. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That means you got to keep it. I want you to enjoy it. So uh, what can I buy you today, Tom? Well, that's very generous, Mark. And, you know, I, I'm sounding very predictable here. And I, I got to say, I mean, I truly do, do love several makers of cars, not just Porsches. But I already mentioned earlier, I think I gave away the the, the uh, secret, but the <laughs> spider would be something that I would really love. I mean, the drivetrain, I think, was just way ahead of its time. And, uh, you know, they called it the giant killer for a reason. I think, for me, that's the quintessential uh, sports car. Well, see, I should have interviewed before I went to Monterey. Then I could have bought you one right then. Uh, I know there's two that are being sold there. One's a local guy who lives up here in the Pacific Northwest. I know him. 
Uh, maybe could have uh, taken that off of his hands and shipped it to you, but uh, there's always one of those on the market. So I'll get to work and see if I can't find you one. Yeah, that's going to break the bank. That's for sure. So uh, those <laughs> things have gotten unobtainium for sure. Well, Tom, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing what you're doing and how you're giving back to the automotive hobby. It's really fantastic. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you drive off in the sunset in your 550 Spider? Thank you. Yeah, I would just say to, you know, get out there and, and do something challenging. By all means, you know, be safe, but but take a risk and, and just learn a new skill. And uh, I mentioned this before, don't be afraid to ask. I mean, the car community, in my opinion, and what I've found in my experience is is really a great bunch of people. And they're so willing to help, uh, even if there's nothing for them to gain. So I, I really think that uh, that my YouTube channel, I hope, inspires someone to tackle something similar maybe not to the same complexity, but just get out and try to do something if you can. It's rewarding, and I think more people should do it. Absolutely, and I love the way that you're engaging with people and helping them do exactly that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow you on Aw Garage Time? Yes, the YouTube videos are on my website, awgaragetime.com slash YouTube, and also on Instagram and Facebook at the same place, Aw Garage Time. There you go. And that's A-H-H, Garage Time. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Tom Shono's page on the Cars yeah website. You can find everything on Tom Shono's page here at Cars yeah. Tom, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences and your builds with all your followers. I hope you've got a lot more now that you've been on Cars yeah. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Great. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.